This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Paul had survived 12 hours of terrible, but did he survive 12 hours of terror? I, maybe most of my soul didn't make it through? I don't know. Also, the Force is not strong with Fandango. We get the podcast up to 88 miles an hour. It's Back to the Future Day. And we get scary 8-bit style. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, taking over the world one listener at a time. I am your host, Paul 1.21 Gigawatts Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe, two neckties at the same time, Peters. <laughs> That's the style now in 2015. Yeah, tomorrow we're going to put on two neckties. And we're gonna we're gonna just roll with it because that's what's gonna we we know what the future co- costumes are not costumes, future fashion is and that's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to get to tonight. Um, so uh, yeah, let's just go with this. Good news, everyone. News is uh, Joe's running and touching buttons tonight. So Even, you're still we'll calling see. it out. Yeah, I did. I, like I, that. I know. It's you're still, like you look at me like, like just gotta press the button, just do it. You know. And he wants me to just put the phone right next to. Yeah, it. he's gonna give me a decoy thing. I'm just gonna press buttons and just feel like I'm doing here, things. Here you go, buddy. Is a speak and say. I'll be like, I'll just be running beads back and forth. Yeah. It's like I'm doing news. You, give, you you get the old iPhone that I upgraded from that's not actually activated <laughs> yeah. to play with. It's like this one has gum in it. It's like that's not gum. I'm like it's, I don't know what I've been eating then. Oh, so <clears throat> news as always is brought to you uh, by Midwest Best Grooming Company, dedicated to bringing you only the finest beard, balms, and oils, strong enough to tame the roughest of faces and alluring enough to draw on those who love it. That's at mwbgroomingco.com. So if you're planning on having a beard for this Halloween, well, you might want to tame it. Yeah, I mean, uh, No Shaving November is coming up, and um, I think that's that's a that's an excellent time to jump on board with Midwest Best. Yeah, I was debating it. I I get about three days in, and then I got want to rip my own face off and throw it. So like Nicholas Cage style. Well, that's what maybe you should try try the beard balm because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to not make you want to rip your face off. Hmm. If only I knew of a way to get beard balm and beard oils, you know, <laughs> effectively like cheaply and and we'll reach and out. One, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll do the No Shave November. I, I might know. know a guy. <clears throat> yeah, he might know a guy. Uh, so a lot of news this week. Uh, I figured I'd start off with uh, just talking about. Uh, the 12 Hours of Terror, I, I talked about last week. Um, I did make it all the way through. Yeah. Um, what was your strategy? Because we talked about your strategy last week. Yeah, my strategy was uh, <laughs> I first decided that I was going to try to go the week without having caffeine. So then that way on Saturday I could really load up. Mm-hmm. But then it occurred to me <clears throat> I still have to go to work and do my job. Mm. So then that kind of that kind of fell apart real quickly. So I decided, well, if I don't have any caffeine Saturday until it starts, maybe that would be enough. So I woke up, I tried to go to bed at a decent hour to sleep in. I woke up at seven that morning. Ugh. That didn't happen. I hate know. when you do that, when you're like so excited, you're like, I'm off, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to, I'm going to get a couple extra hours. And then I'm seven. like sitting there at six thirty in the morning, like, 
<sighs> it's time to go. So I woke up and I was like, I'm going to try to take a nap later. So I ended up taking like an hour nap before the whole thing started. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought two five hour energies just to take with me. I kind of felt like they, like if you're in a video game, you got your equipment and these are like your boosts. Like yeah. I was like hoping that maybe they would carry me through a little bit. Um, so um, the movies uh, in order. Uh, so it started at eight o'clock. Uh, the, the hour before they showed a lot of cool trailers. Uh, there's a movie called Krampus. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. it has, What's it um, called? Krampus. It's a Christmas movie coming. It's a, it's a horror movie. Oh, it has um, it been, sounds kind of has been from Parks and Rec in it and a couple other people. It looks like it's really going to be good. Is it kind of a comedy horror? Or no? Yeah, but it looks like it's actually like a lot of crazy practical effects, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds familiar. I might okay. have seen it. Yeah, and so that made me – I was stoked for that. There's some other stuff I hadn't seen. Um, but get in there. Um, a big crowd. It was, at, it was at the Capitol Theater want to thank them for putting on the show. This is the sixth time that Cleveland Cinemas has done this first time at the Capitol, I believe. Um, I was yeah. worried that I would be like sitting in a seat for so long that like, you know, you know how like you sit in the movie theater seats, you're like, this is comfortable. And then 15 minutes later, it's like, I just want to just get up and walk around. Yeah. Yeah. I go to Capitol more cause it's literally, it's close to both of us. Yeah. I like Cedar Lee too, but Cedar Lee is further out on the West side. So Cleveland Cinemas, Cedar Lee and Capitol theater, definitely give them some support. Yeah. So I was worried that I wouldn't be able to sit still. For the whole thing. So I got up and there was like breaks. You had to walk around, you know, between. Um, part of my strategy was that they had a, a deal there. $12 gets you a bucket of popcorn and a soda and they were refillable the entire night. Oh, wow. That's so, a good deal. Yeah. So at least I kept the soda train running. Like, you know. And then um, towards the end, they actually had a continental breakfast. So that was just like a bunch of coffee and muffins and bananas. So it's like as the sun was coming up, you could just see all the people wearily walking out grabbing a banana and getting angry and walking back in to watch another movie. So that, that was good. The coffee was the key. Cause, um, let's see here. What we got night of living dead was the first one. That was the 1968. How did you think that held up after watching it? Um, there's moments that are still really good. Yeah. And interesting. Had that movie been shown any later than what it was, I would have fallen asleep though. Okay. Cause it's just all talk. It is a lot of talk and a, a, an absurd amount of talk of, Carpentry, and then whether you should stay upstairs or go downstairs. There was a lot of talk of yeah. There was a lot of talk about the upstairs. Yeah, it's like just let's just go to the basement. And it's like you've talked about the basement the for ten minutes now. Kids in the basement. There were kids in the basement. There's one right? little girl in the basement. Yeah. yeah. So interesting thing I forgot about though while watching that was how they incorporate a lot of like news footage from the area to show like different yeah. things going on. And Romero has always been good at like sh- trying to show scope even if he didn't have budget. So that was interesting. I think that intro is terrifying. Oh, the whole graveyard bit where it's where like that just guys like, just fall like just she, shows up and starts attacking them. Yeah, because it's complete. I mean, graveyards, regardless if it's a graveyard or not. But if you're alone somewhere, and then there's another human being, like a stranger that you don't know, and they're acting very weird, it it completely changes the whole mood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah it was, and the whole thing with uh, the her brother, like you know, saying they're coming to get you, Barbara, and just kind of messing with her, mm-hmm. and then this guy shows up and just like inadvertently cracks his head off a tombstone, and that's it. And then she is the worst person for the rest of the movie, like running away and then being catatonic for most of the movie. It's like, yeah, it, it, yeah. it was, it was good. I think it's worth watching for it being, cause at the time when it came out, it was, uh, showing people on screen getting killed. And that was really a big no, no at the time in terms of like actual, yeah. like people getting pulled apart. And it things. was like an implied thing and then it, it yeah, cut it was, away and then they showed the gore after or, the and aftermath. people eating like chicken and stuff. And it's yeah. like, but there was a lot of actual like loss of life supposedly and that was a big deal at the time so 
I, I I still think it also has some social commentary and we can dig into yeah. this like oh yeah because we're gonna do zombie I don't want to get too Oops, far into that you're right I, I just no. I just wanted to know like because I haven't seen the movie in a few years like the original yeah um, what did they show after that uh, surprisingly enough not, not I guess not surprising but on the poster itself it actually gives the order in which the movies are being shown was that the order yeah okay. so we, the second movie was Creep Show which is also a George Romero film right it's Stephen King him it's an anthology thing I've seen that many times it was a lot of fun. Um, it was just a lot of fun in the theater whenever they showed the intro credits and when Leslie Nielsen's name popped up, a bunch of people cheered. That was <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, and uh, that movie still holds up because I feel like since it's a throwback to like the horror comics, it doesn't need to have a certain time frame. Like the stories can all be, yeah, it was made in like, you know, early eighties. So even if the clothes and the outfits still look terrible now and the music's weird, that still well, has that weird type of like. And indie comic vibe to it. Yeah, I think the the horror short story uh, genre does hold up really well. I mean, you look at uh, Tales from the Crypt; like they took a comic um, that was uh, years before the TV show, and then they made a TV show out of it with the same stories, and they're still relevant regardless yeah. of the the time gap. You know, yeah, and it was just fun seeing a very coked up Stephen King play a character. He was the Jordy Verrill, the guy that finds the meteor and has all the stuff happen. It, it was a lot of fun, but so after that though, here's here's the bit I want to talk about a little bit more. Um, other than the, I see it's get to whether or not Paul actually, um, you know, <laughs> crapped his pants watching American Werewolf in London. That's that's the big finale, right? We're gonna oh, okay. get there. Yeah, that was the thing last week. I was talking about being terrified of that movie. Um, they had a secret screening, and what they ended up showing was uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which comes out in a week and a half. Paramount let. Them showed early because it's like this whole big thing that we've been they've been doing here for a few years, and so we were the first Cleveland audience to see the movie, and it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a zom- was it a zombie? Yeah, like I mean, okay, it's like a viral outbreak, so it's not just like anything can become infected. So like there could be animals, there could be I mean I guess not like you know not like you know cars or something, but just you know people, animals, it's all that'd be terrible. Yeah, it would just be like, oh, that car's a zombie now. You know, I don't I don't know. Zombie car. <laughs> they're they're attacking other cars and I don't taking the battery out. I don't the know. Cars what they eating would be. that car's engine. Yeah. So um it was funny in the sense like it, it feel like you know how you had like um the the shit talking is super bad with those guys now they would kind of give each other grief the entire time. Yeah. Mix that with like zombie land. Okay. And then you kind of got like that kind of vibe where it's it's some gross out humor and some statements that are like they're funny comments, but it's like you're in the middle of like this big like zombie attack. And you, people would not react like this, but you're kind of buying in because it's really funny. And it's like these three guys who are Boy Scouts, so they use their Boy Scout skills <laughs> to fight zombies. Nice. And it, it's it's I don't know. It, it was enjoyable since I, I had not seen anything about this movie. Caught off guard completely. Of course, yeah. Leachman's in it for a second. She plays an old angry lady with a bunch of cats. It's really funny. I want to check it out because I heard about it and I didn't like look into it any further. I was just going to wait till it like showed up on Netflix or something. But I like I, I like that you got to see it and you gave it a review that you said it was good. Yeah, like any movie that starts with um, do you do you watch Workaholics at all or do you know what I'm talking about? I've seen a small amount of Workaholics. I've never I didn't watch all of them. There's the one guy with like the really long frizzy hair with mm-hmm. the mustache. Yeah, yeah. The movie opens with him being just a, a custodian at this like like research facility and he's um listening to uh uh Iggy Azalea and he's just dancing in the hallway and just busting it out and so like you see him just like totally like twerking and all the stuff in the hallway to Iggy Azalea and I'm like this is my movie I'm going to enjoy this <laughs> and he just he comes across the dead body and he sees uh like it's on a gurney and it has uh DOD on its armband like date of death and he's like it's like what kind of name is Dodd 
and it kind of goes on from there. So it's like, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, some of the gross out humor is like squeaming, the squeamish, not squeaming. That's not a word, but it's still really funny. Like there's things that happen in this movie. I've not seen in other movies. Okay. So yeah, I would recommend it. I think it would be a fun alternative, um, to anything. I don't know what, what's, is there anything Halloween releases this year? Anything good? Uh, no, not that I can think of. So, yeah, I think that would be, just go see it. Definitely worth, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully see it with a crowd of people. It, it was a good time. So, um, that uh, that brings me to, uh, so, Paramount also is releasing uh, the new Paranormal Activity movie, the what, the, go, the Ghost Dimension? I don't know. I've never seen any of those. You've never seen any of them? No. So, um, the guy, there was a guy from Paramount that was there uh, helping because of the, the, the Scouts movie. They had a contest, not a contest, it was like, um, Basically, he had a cutout of like one of the creepy girls' heads from the movie, like a cardboard cutout. It's like if you get your picture taken with this and it goes on social media, you get an advance ticket to the screening. So, like people, there are some people that are lining up, but then there was a point where, right after that was announced, I was waiting in line for a refill, and there's this guy just walking around with like this cardboard cutout of a head, saying, "Any anybody else? Any anybody?" And like no one was really going towards him. I was just like, "Well, I don't know if this is the right market for that." Like, it'd be perfect. It's going to be a scary movie marathon. But a lot of people consider themselves like connoisseurs, you know, and it's just like they, they kind of judge that stuff kind of a little differently than like the paranormal activity yeah. stuff. So it was like yeah. kind of funny where like someone was like, I guess I'll do it. And then that was kind of about, I don't know how many people actually did it, but I didn't see a line form. So I yeah. thought that was kind of funny. No, that doesn't sound like something I do either. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm a connoisseur, but I would just be like, no, I don't want screen to that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I've I, been, I've been in scenarios where people have like tried to give out stuff at an event that would make sense to people like there, but we're like, no, we don't, we don't really want yeah. this. Yeah. Well, and, and credit to Cleveland cinemas, like they had giveaways in between the movies and one of them was for a Blu-ray copy of uh, 50 shades of gray and they're pulling tickets out and no one's saying that they have that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like five, seven, five. And everyone's just like crickets. And then he's like, someone's going to get this movie. And, he's like, <laughs> and, and, then, and then one girl raised her hand. She's like, I'll take it. He's like, not someone that wants it. And it was like, it was really, really funny. So Not someone that wants it. Yeah. So then after that, we watched Pumpkinhead, which I'd never seen before. What did you think of Pumpkinhead? It was good. It felt more like a fairy tale. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a swamp type fairy tale type yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's, kind of it's kind of a horror fairy tale. Like a, like a, like a Brothers like Grimm. Like a Grimm, yeah, yeah. I was going to say a Brothers Grimm gone wrong. And, and the, I, that's the one I started to fall asleep in a little bit. So there was times where I wasn't sure out of the corner of my eye if I saw Pumpkinhead or Lance Henderson because they're both kind of leathery. So mm-hmm. I wasn't like, it's like, what's that big gangly thing? Oh, there's Pumpkinhead you too. Ever, you ever notice how they're not in the same place at the same time? Yeah. And, I, it was interesting that he had the whole thing of he wanted vengeance, but then when this thing was let loose, killing everybody, he was still suffering consequences of it. So I thought that was interesting. Like yeah. he still had kind of a conscience about it. This is a Frankenstein. It's a different Frankenstein take. Like we were talking about last week. Yeah, it was, it was good. Like it's, yeah. I like the effects hold up crazy good. Like the, cause Stan, Stan Winston directed it. He didn't actually do the effects, but he, his people did. And it's like it, the, the practical effects in that are really crazy good still. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Um, then after that is when the coffee started happening. The five hour energy, uh, the descent, Neil Marshall's descent. Which ending did they have? Um, the the real ending, okay. Like the actual European, not like the way. one that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good seeing it in the theater. I think like twenty five percent of the people in the theater had not seen it before. Oh wow! So when you got to some of the bigger moments, like when Juno turns around and with the axe, people freaked out, and that was really good to see a movie that I've seen multiple times 
catch people off guard. I've only seen it twice. Like, but but the, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's the big bit where the girl's fighting all the monsters, and then she turns, and it's like, and then something really bad happens. And yeah. it's like, it was good hearing people react. And I would say that was also probably the scariest movie of the night. Like, I still jumped at times, too. Yeah, that's and a it, creepy movie. Yeah. Oh, we're in a cave, and we're stuck. And there's bat people. Like, I was saying that the name of the movie should have been, like, oh, shit, now there's bat people. That should have been, <laughs> that should have been the name of the movie. Um, and then the next one after that was Madman, which is from... Uh, 82, it's basically a rip-off Jason movie. Okay. Absolute garbage, but Ooh. like the kind of like fun kind of garbage. Like you could tell these people wanted to make a slash film and had no idea what they're doing. And it has one of the most awkward lovemaking scenes I've ever seen in a movie where there's two, this couple's in a whirlpool and they're listening to like this like light, the 70s like light rock music and um, they're just like circling this whirlpool, like this uh, hot tub. Like they're just like, you know, their backs, like it's almost like, it's like someone almost flushed it. And they're just like slowly circling each other <laughs> in this hot tub and they're staring at each other. And it's like, that goes on for like three minutes. <laughs> it was really weird. So um, another one that I would not wish upon anybody, like I'd put this on a wheel of death, but if I watched it with a group of people, I'd have a good time with it. And then after that, American Werewolf in London, that, after all this, the whole process went longer than 12 hours. It was like 13 and a half hours worth of terror. Oh. And it was like daylight by the time American Werewolf in London was playing. And I'm like, we're just going to do it. Rob and I stuck through. All our other friends are gone. We just sat there. And it was a real, like, I had not seen that in a long time. What would you say, percentage-wise, from start to finish, lasted? Uh, I'd say the theater was still relatively full by the end. Really? People did bring in blankets and pajamas and everything, so they were ready for the night. Oh, okay. And there were people I saw just sleeping. And every so often, towards the end, the theater would be quiet and used here. And then people would start kind of laughing. So there'd be someone just passed out snorting. Like, <laughs> and it's like, and then, and then you hear nothing again. And someone else would snore for like a second. That happened to me when we went and saw Kingsman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that. I'm like sitting there watching one of the fight scenes in Kingsman. You were there, I think. Yeah. And um, this, it was at the one, the AMC with the recliner chairs. And this lady's just snoring next. I'm like, what the hell? Like, and yeah. it was it was like six in the afternoon. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a late show or anything. Late, yeah. yeah, those um, chairs just did it in, did her in. So I have you have you seen American Werewolf in London recently or no? Not recently. It's a lot funnier than I remember it being. Yeah, like that movie's like like fifty percent comedy. I heard it's then, it, well, like I saw it when I was younger a long time ago, and then like you know I think breeding. It's like a lot of people regard it as almost like a horror comedy. It is, and but the, but the horror aspect of it's ridiculously like terrible and not terrible in a bad way but like still terrifying um but and there was a jump scare in there that i just about fell out of my seat that i forgot was in the movie and it was one of those double fakes where guy wakes up out of a dream and he's like oh something bad happened and then the girl's like let me go open the curtain and then she opens the curtain and then she gets attacked real quickly and it's like oh he's still dreaming and it just still it got me it got me i'm surprised people behind me didn't start laughing because i think i probably went like two feet out of my seat (laughs) um but yeah Went through the transformation sequence, the whole, still terrifying, but since I was in the theater with people and I was a grown person, grown, grown person. What would I was you have done if somebody in the theater started making noises and convulsing? <laughs> At that point, I probably would have blamed the lack of sleep and coffee. Oh, you wouldn't have been like, he's changing. Well, because there were also towards the end of the movie, the guy is in the theater, he starts changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was really good, and that part still makes me feel uncomfortable, but at that point, I was already 12 hours in. Wanted the movie just to be done. Not not to be done, but I just wanted the whole thing to be kind of over. It didn't hit me the same way as it normally does. So I braved up. I didn't I didn't defecate myself. 
and I, I stayed away through everything. So that's good. That was a really long explanation of those movies. I apologize, but again, see Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. That was a lot of fun. But I think my favorite movie of the night probably was American Werewolf of London because I forgot how good that movie was all the way through. That's always fun to re- revisit that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's that. Not really news, but it was news for me. Um, but other big news, uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. So Star Wars, um, they released the final trailer before the movie comes out. It was on Monday Night Football last night. Because, um, you know, when I think of Star Wars, I think of football. Right, right. I, that, I, that made me kind of, I was like, why are they playing on Monday Night Football? But anyway. Because it's ESPN, which is owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I was, that, that makes sense, I know. <laughs> um, but they... Um, they they decided to have the tickets, the pre-sale tickets, go on sale following the trailer at halftime. So I was ready to get my tickets and everything. And I had already talked to all my friends. I was like, hey, I'm going to buy tickets and stuff. And I sat down for three and a half hours because every website that sold any form of movie ticket was literally crashed. So I got on AMC. I got on Regal. Uh, I got on Cleveland Cinema, Cinema's website, I got on Fandango, and I had it going on my desktop, my two phones, and my girlfriend actually got her phone going. And we literally were just refreshing for like three and a half hours. And it was crazy. I ended up nabbing some tickets on the 17th and um, got through, but it was just like, it was kind of stressful because it was, it was like, I felt like I was like in a newsroom. Like we were just back and forth. Like I got this, I go, what's the, okay. Is it in 3d? What, what time is it at? Okay. Hold on. Did you run over I'm to stuck. like the, that machine that has the ticker going all like the news ticker? You pull yeah, up, but like, then the ticker would stop and it was suspenseful because it would be like, hey, you want tickets? Oh, look, I'm going to let you in here and get tickets. And then I would pick my tickets and then I would click the next step to pick the seats and stuff. And it would just be like loading. Oh, no. And then it errors out. And then my favorite part was Regal. Regal had their their banner set up for Star Wars and everything. So Regal literally took an hour and a half to load. Like, I kept hitting refresh. And when it actually loaded, it loaded, like, old-school websites. Like, the site came down, the the graphics came down, like, a a slow... (laughs) Like, like one line after Like, one line, like a trickle waterfall. And I was just like, ugh. But I got the tickets, and but it was just crazy, because I told you... I went on to um, the the internet and I type in Google. I go to like AMC dot uh, com or AMC because that's a, that's a TV station too. But the the news articles which always pop up in the feed in the front mm-hmm. based on what you search was like one of the first ones was like AMC Fandango crashes and I'm just like oh my god. <laughs> so it was pretty hectic. So and and then I read um, this morning that. The number one pre-sale ticket record holder of all time was uh, The Hunger Games in 2012. Okay. And that held the record until today, and Star Wars has already beat it eight times over. Wow. That's, so. And that was a huge deal. I remember it was uh, was it um, Catching Fire. That was the one that I think yeah. the pre-sale on that. Like, and people were looking forward to that, and it was ridiculous at the time, but eight yeah. times. Yeah. Not, not it, they didn't just beat it by like maybe like a few thousand or so. It, it eight times the amount that they pre-ordered for Hunger Games. I mean, do you think that um, that you know Lucasfilm and, and Disney and all that like th- this could have this couldn't have been the like it couldn't have been better for them to be like oh guys by the way we're doing this it's like oh we destroyed the internet 
Like, how much hype is that? The publicity, yeah, exactly. The yeah. publicity for it alone is going to give it a gigantic boost. And it's funny because, like, you know, generations, like, I, the only, the only original trilogy I got to see in the theater was, was, was Jedi. Okay. Because I was kind of young to see the other ones. Yeah. I think I remember, my, I think I vaguely have memories of going to see that one, too. And, um, uh, I know that some of my friends who have seen all all three, and they always tease me. So, but <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like they're street they're like, Yeah, they're like, oh, little young one, you haven't seen all of them. Like whatever, <laughs> you Padawan. Yeah, Padawan, and <laughs> and then I just dropped some weird nerd Star Wars knowledge on them, and they shut up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I kept it going though. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, like then when I'll take I, your rat tail from you. I, <laughs> I remember when I I went and saw like like episode one, two, and three. And I got my tickets easy peasy, even yeah. through the internet and at the box office. And this is amazing. I think it just shows that how the the culture has grown for for Star Wars and and how it's breached a generation. Because now you have two generations. I don't feel like when I was a teenager and Episode um, uh, One came out in '99, I was like 19, or and. Um, that when that came out, I don't feel like that the second generation had come into Star Wars yet. But now we have two full-fledged, almost three full-fledged generations of Star Wars. Yeah. That we have to accommodate at a box office now. Well, and I think also people are excited for this because, I mean, there was always grumbling, not grumblings, there was always rumors that there was going to be a prequel trilogy because of the way George labeled the original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. So we always thought that those movies would come. We got them to varying degrees of uh, you know of um, success, to put it, to put it mildly. Um, I mean, there's bits I like, there's other bits I don't like, whatever. That's neither here nor there. I think people were excited for this one because we, this was, this one was not guaranteed to ever, ever happen again. There was, there was no guarantee there's going to be anything Star Wars ever in the theater. Well, there was a, there was an issue of Time Magazine that I still own that I have in like my little Star Wars vault of things that I just put away because I, I don't have room to litter, <laughs> litter all this Star Wars stuff everywhere because it's like I've collected so much stuff. And it's a time, issue of Time Magazine with Vader's head on it, and it says The Last Star Wars. And that was okay. way back from when Revenge of the Sith came out. So Yeah. yeah. But, and I think people are also excited because they just don't know what's going to happen. No. So we watched the trailer again before the show. It's funny when I watched the trailer because I had this whole feeling of awe. And then when I went to buy the tickets, it was like, Hooray! Hooray denied! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. No, I'm uh, not excited anymore. Like, new trailer! Yeah. Let's go get the tickets. I can't. Uh, and yeah. I'm really with the dark side right now because I just want to force choke the internet. Yeah. Fandango, the force was not fan- with Fandango. So I watched the trailer this morning. Um, I, I didn't do myself any type of... Um, uh, any type of like you know, I, I didn't do myself any favors because I was watching on my phone this morning. So I don't think that's really a good way to to watch that. Um, but I wanted to at least see it, and then we watched it before the show started. And I am more excited for I like the low level altitude dog fighting going on. I don't know what it is about seeing Tie Fighters next wings over top of like you know like ridges of like pine trees and everything. It's just that feels more visceral to me than in our space. Yeah, and the whole. Like, um, I just, the score, the initial little teaser of the score just got me. Like, it, it's so good. Yeah, we it, talked it, about It's, how. like, hopeful but not. Yes. It's very just somber, in it, but it's not, I don't know, it's just so the right mood that I want this movie where it's, like, magic's returning and things are going to be great, but there's a lot of bad coming, too. Right. I'm excited for it. So, and then um, the last bit of news, uh, which I feel bad dedicating a small portion of this to the... Uh, 
this because it's it's a big deal. Because I did take twelve hours to talk about the twelve hours <laughs> of terror. I'm sorry, guys. But our our main chunk was kind of like you know this only happens once. So um, uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System turns um, turned thirty this week in the U.S. release or just in general U- in the U.S. release. Okay, I believe Japan got it in, uh, like earlier in the year, even November of '84. Okay, so. But this is the Nintendo. We got the Nintendo Entertainment System um, uh, thirty years ago um, this week. Wow! So that's a. Uh, I don't know if I got it that Christmas, but I because I remember I think like I got it when I was seven. Yeah, because I know I got it relatively close to being released, and I, th- I probably I think I told the story on the show before. I had a Atari Twenty Six Hundred that had died, and my family wasn't exactly you know we didn't have money, so I was just asking for another Atari. And then that Christmas, I opened up a box in the Nintendo. And I'm like, well, I don't need an Atari now. Next thing I open is an Atari. Didn't touch that ever again because all I have, like a little bit. But it's like once you played Mario Brothers, you don't go back to River Raid. Like, no. Which is a great game. But it's like you don't go back to, you don't go back to I uh, think really crappy Pac-Man. You don't go back to that. I had a Sega Master System for like a year before. And this was during the whole... Um, uh, Nintendo when Nintendo was the rage when it came out and I remember I was just so grumpy playing uh, what did what game did I have I can't even remember what games Kung Fu I think was on Hang it. On was like one of the bigger Hang ones on, too yeah. Yeah. and um, I remember when I got that Nintendo that bad boy went in the closet in a heartbeat like, <laughs> you know you know no 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 hate towards Sega or anything but like <laughs> well, and I know Joe has a, a game later at the end that's going to deal with eight bit games in particular yeah and also talking to Halloween I know. Um, we talked a little bit because I went to saw scary movies. It's but, spooky time. Yeah, it's still it's still spooky time. Um, I you know just I think that the Nintendo it saved it saved um, this gaming in terms of like when it showed up, like the whole market had collapsed. Uh, they brought this over here because there was like nothing left. Like there was nobody making anything because everything just kind of fell apart shortly before that. So I think that really, I mean, all the things we love now really is because that was successful and it was so. I don't know. It was revolutionary for its time because it looked it looked really good mm-hmm. for its time, and it gave you more buttons, so more options, more interaction. And um, Nintendo's origins were they were a trading card. Co- they were a, tra- a card, not a card trading. Like card. playing cards. They're a playing card company. So they made playing cards, and then they evolved into what they are now. So it's crazy to think. Like I, I mean, I can't think of any company now. That had such a drastic uh, business model change that was so successful. I mean, a lot of people would argue that that, uh, that Nintendo releasing Donkey Kong is what saved video games because that kind of Nintendo, yeah, Donkey Kong was a big deal in the arcades and everything. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, because that was the first like game to tell a story, like you know, in parts, like it actually, you know, Mario would go. Sorry, no, Donkey Kong. Jump. No, Jumpman. Jumpman. Mario. Mario Mario was first called Jumpman. And the Donkey whole thing Kong. is he would go through three stages trying to save uh-huh. the girl. And then so then once you finish that, then Donkey Kong would fall to the ground and they start over again. But it was the first game with a narrative. And people really feel that's what kind of brought people back. And then Nintendo just started like, I don't know. They, they're they always really good at like having their finger on what people want to play. Maybe not always in the format people are happy with, but they always know how to keep people entertained. Yeah. So it amazes me how they can bridge generations and just make people entertained because 
I, I there's some games that like I I don't seek, but when I do play them, I can, I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like, like I gave up. I don't want to say I gave up on Nintendo, but I haven't played Nintendo in years. And I think it's because like my tastes changed, but I could always go back to Nintendo, and it's familiar enough that I can be entertained by it. Like my biggest regret is that I um, passed along my Game Boy that I had, the original Game Boy, when I was in college, because I'm like, I don't need this anymore. I'd probably still be playing Tetris right now on that thing. And I had that. I had Batman and I had Ninja Turtles. That's on Hunt for October. What kid does not want Hunt for October to be the game? (laughs) Slow moving submarine action. Yes, that's the game all kids want is the Sean Connery Hunt for October. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's like, uh oh, they're bombing me. They're dropping depth charges. I better activate the cativation drive and drive even slower and quieter. So, yeah. big, Big stuff in news. We had Nintendo turning 30. 12 Hours of Terrible, Star Wars. No, 12 Hours of Terror. uh, I think it's 12 Hours of Terrible because I still had it in my head from before. Yeah. 12 Hours of Terror. Um, Not bad movies, but scary movies. Um, And then Star Wars, of of course, making a big deal. Um, And speaking of Star Wars. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Two months till Star Wars. Yeah. So... Um, Are you going to sleep at all between now and then? No, actually, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay awake. You're, and gonna, wa- you're just gonna be in your Vader onesie. I'm gonna waiting. watch the Star Wars <laughs> Christmas special in my Vader onesie every day. I don't know what a Vader onesie is, but I just like the idea that it's a <laughs> it's a black garment with the buttons printed it's, on it. It's kind of like a snuggie. <laughs> it ties in it the just, back. It just it just it just it just force cuddles you is what it does. <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, uh, I know we just talked a lot about Star Wars. What's your Star Wars trivia? Uh, random Star Wars trivia. Uh, nothing too exciting. Um, they usually try to hide the movies and in different names um, when they before they release them. Yeah, Return of the Jedi was called Blue Harvest. Um, the uh, um, episode one was called The Dollhouse. But the the interesting thing about Return of the Jedi was originally um, there's been a lot of speculation if if it's true or not that it was called Revenge of the Jedi. Um, okay, as a lot some of the producers wanted it to be Revenge of the Jedi. And I don't know if Lucas agreed with them or changed it later. But Revenge of the Jedi was the original title for Return of the Jedi. But then they went with the whole concept of Jedi don't seek revenge. So they changed it to Return of the Jedi. But then you can see a um, like a throwback to it with Revenge of the Sith because the Sith do seek revenge. So that's yeah. how you get those two movie titles at the end of the trilogies. Well, and also, too, like at the same time when that was originally coming out, uh, Star Trek had their sequel coming, which was called Revenge of Khan. Yeah. And then they both kind of looked at each other and been like, I don't know. And they both kind of changed courses a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's why you got Return of the Jedi, which is, makes more sense right. from a Jedi standpoint. But then they went with Wrath of Khan. Right. Because they were just too close to each other. And they both that's how they ended up coming with both those names. I actually have a uh, Revenge of the Jedi poster, movie poster. That's cool. Because they made, they made movie posters for Revenge of the Jedi. I have a Revenge of the Jedi movie poster in my office. Yeah. So I mean, Because like, I know that was something that was... That did happen, but then they changed it. But yeah, so there you go. That was Star Wars fact, Star Wars fact, and Star Trek fact. I'm gonna oh. give you. I'm gonna give you a quick <laughs> Friday Thirteenth fact. Oh, okay. So keep in line with slashers and horror movies. A majority of the shooting titles for those movies were all based off of um, David Bowie songs. So whenever they're, whenever they're shooting Friday Thirteenth or like the sequels, uh-huh. they um, they just named. The productions like oh, okay. you know, like, so, so instead they... of Harvest, it was oh. you know, um, oh, what else was uh, uh, out insane or something like that? So they that's had, what they'd show up as the real. Whenever they were out the, shooting the movies out, like before, you know, while they're actually shooting the so like the production slates 
all that stuff would say that because those are working titles oh. and to keep people off the trail yeah, yeah, yeah. of you know what was going on. So it was That's, all David Bowie songs, which I think is kind of that would be it's cool. kind of high minded for such a all these slasher films. But we yeah, should, we should come back to the uh, the pseudo names they give movies. That would be fun. So yeah. we'll have to do that sometime. But. Yeah, because I need for our feature presentation. That's why I, should, I didn't touch buttons. I should call buttons out. That's why we call buttons yeah. out because Paul was in the middle of talking. I'm no, sorry, no, 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 no. It's fine. No, I'm just saying IMDb usually always has a little factoid about how movies were shipped to theaters under the title of, you know, Grandma's Panties and it was Spider-Man 3 or something. You know, I don't know. That would be weird for Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Or but. the working title for the movie that we're about to talk about. Back to the Future 2 was called Paradox. That was the working title of that before it that actually... That would be a good name, though, for a time travel movie. I know, in which like they go back and screw with things, right? So, yeah. So, tomorrow, because we're recording this um, on Tuesday... Um, or are we recording it on Wednesday, and we just went back and recorded it on it's Tuesday? It's true, like because yeah, like, we're like, Paul, you talked about 12 Hours Terror for three hours last time. You're going to cut that down, and we're going to move on, because the world does not care. You know? <laughs> no, so, Back to the Future Day is tomorrow... Um, officially, uh, it is um, the day, supposedly, when Doc and Marty come to the future mm-hmm. to help prevent um, Marty's son from joining up with Griff Tannen and then causing some problems and ending up in jail. Yep. And um, the uh, I think it happens at 4, 4.30 or like 4.29 in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. Yep. That's so 4.29 tomorrow. If you're in Hill Valley, uh, California. Wednesday, October 21st, 2015 is when... So it'll be around yep. 7, 7.30 or so our time. Yeah. So just watch the skies. I don't know why. Just, uh, yeah, flying make sense. cars. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know who he runs into because there are no flying cars around here. Right? Like Maybe it's a West Coast <laughs> thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe Tesla already... Tesla probably has a flying car. That's probably what it is. Yeah, right? So, so. Um, it's, we thought it'd be... It's obviously... We love Back to the Future. Um, it's a fun series. Don't think about it too hard. It's still a really fun series. Don't think about the time travel aspects of it a little too yeah. much. Because, I mean, when you really think about it, um, the one thing time travel movies don't ever do is they don't account for where the Earth is in the universe at the time. Right. So he goes back in time. It's like he could just be out in the space mm-hmm. with the car floating, and that would be it. That would be a really short movie and boring. Yeah. So there's, so there's some things that you got to like, you know, just kind of ignore but have a good time with it. But we figured with it being the actual date, we had to talk about it just because when's that ever going to like, there's it's not never, be, it's never ever going to happen again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, we, so the movie came out in 89, I think, right. It was a few years after like, but it was still set in 85. Yeah. And then they go to 2015. Right. So right. 30 years. Um, I, do you think like, that was weird. Yeah. We uh, hit, we hit 88. It was weird. I just, I, don't know what happened. I think um, I think the Mr. Fusion kicked in and just kind of... Not, did you not put enough garbage in your PC? Like <laughs> the, I, I have a lot of garbage in my PC, so <laughs> you'd think that would be more than enough. <laughs> you didn't dump enough or, or orange peels in it? Yeah. So um, we were. I think that what I was talking about there was the divide between 30 years from like uh, 85 to 15 and then from 85 to 55 about that being like just... The 60-year difference. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting, but I know you were going to bring up... Uh, some of the stuff that's happened um, or what, what they've got right with back to future part two. So um, some of the bits of, uh, well, things, yeah, yeah, like, well, the crazy thing that I, that I, that I was bringing up was, uh, <laughs> is the Cubs in the playoffs. Like, cause yeah. they talk about how the Cubs win the world series. Yeah. in five games and five games yeah. <laughs> instead of, instead of four. Yeah. But, um, and then they play Miami, which in back then Miami didn't have a team. 
than they do now. So it was kind of like precognitive about that. That was kind of crazy. Yeah, and then um, I, I, the one thing I wish, other than the flying cars, I really wish that we had the 3D holographic like advertisements that they have. Like, I, th- I think we're we'll get there. Like, I mean, with, I know, I know, there's, I know, there's 3D Tupac out there somewhere. Yeah, and then we also have the augmented reality. So, so we're getting close. But I just wanted to just be walking down the street. And get eaten by a big 3D shark is what I want. Which, if, I, I don't know. If, if, I missed it, but it's an Easter egg. If you look more detailed on the whole Jaws 19 thing, which they made a Jaws 19 trailer. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. Oh, I'm going to put it up because okay, it's so it. good. It is very 22 Jump Street-ish. Nice. Okay. So, because what they do is they go they go through all the Jaws's like they did at the end of 22 Jump Street. And it's I, like okay, Jaws, Jaws 6, Jaws 7, Jaws 8. And they do all these Jawses, and it's like Jaws in Space. Like, it's pretty funny. I, I want to watch Jaws in Space now. That sounds so, like a movie I'd watch. But on the they, they, they have somewhere plastered on the board that the um, the movie's directed by Max Spielberg, which is actually oh, I, one yeah, of Spielberg's I, yeah, kids. That's yeah, that's funny. So they kind of do a little nod to the directors, or Spielberg is the director of Jaws, the, his son. Yeah, like, and then I read, like, what was it? And there's the one novelty shop that Marty went by that uh, – they had a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, because like, it's Zemeckis. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing was like, uh, what else? Was, there was a couple of, there was a Jaws video game in there too. Like yeah. There was, yeah. So there's a lot of like winking towards like the people that help produce the these movies stuff. and make them. So that, I really like that a lot. But yeah. I, yeah. So what other, what other things? Like I know the shoes actually happened. The shoes happened. Hoverboards kind of happened. You see tons of stuff all over YouTube about hover, hoverboards. There was a video of um, a really good hoverboard that um, they did, but, uh, and they actually had Tony Hawk on it. That's the one with the whole big metal track, too. Like the whole. Yeah, but I think it proved to be fake or something like that. Oh. Somebody told me it was fake. But just the, 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 it has to work in very specific conditions. Like it isn't like an all terrain thing. Right. But it's basically if you have the the same, the, the right metal material to line like the, the course, you can do it, but it's like oddly specific. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, you know, there's that, which I know. Hoverboards are going to happen eventually. Hoverboards are going to happen. We don't have flying cars. We don't have dehydrating pizzas. No. Um, That would have been nice because I I think it would be a lot easier than trying to just cook and prepare a pizza if you could just grab a pizza the size of a hockey puck and just turn it into a large pizza. Yeah, but we did did perfect uh, pizza bagel technology, though. Mm -hmm. So Not a lot of people are hovering, hanging upside down. Yeah, what was... I mean, okay, so um, we know why that is. He was like in traction, wasn't he? Yeah, but the whole thing was if he's upside down... Then you don't know it's um, not Crispin Glover, right? So C- Crispin Glover actually wasn't in Back to the Future too. They got an actor, kind of a lookalike actor, and then they used prosthetics because they had to make him look old anyway. Yeah, to play George McFly in 2015. So um, th- and this there was, is a smart way of, of distracting the viewer's eye. Yeah, and were, was it you who was telling me that there's a whole lawsuit with the Screen Actors Guild Awards? Yeah, well, he Crispin him? Glover actually. Basically, he felt that he he didn't like the ending of the first movie because he felt that George and what's the his wife's Lorraine. name Lorraine um, that they became materialistic and that's supposed to be a good thing because like they are wealthy and in the eighties yeah, yeah so he didn't like that so he also didn't like that he wasn't being offered the same amount of money as um, uh, Lorraine um, Leah Thompson yeah Leah Thompson and uh, one other other uh, Biff I think Biff. It was also the same he was being offered less and oh. so he's like I want a million dollars. And um, final sale on script stuff. And they're like, nope. And he kept like yeah. trying to badger them. So they're like, we're just going to bring another actor in and make them look like you. And then also use scenes from the first movie and cut it in a way that you're still here, but you're not here. We don't right. need you. And so 
He's not, and he did not actually do anything for the second movie, but you wouldn't know it. And so he sued, and actually they he won. Mm-hmm. Like they got it settled outside of court. Yeah, because it was like a likeness thing. Oh, that was interesting. But like, um, uh, and Leah Thompson. Oh my God! Like Leah Thompson, like in 2015, looks nothing like Leah Thompson now. Yeah, like she looks, still looks amazing. You saw the episode of the Muppets where she was at the very end yeah, of the elevator. Where like, Kermit, yeah, Kermit yeah. was in the elevator with her, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, like she's she's still yeah she's still a cutie. Um, so yeah, and then like um, with uh, uh, there were a lot of like cameos in uh, Back to the Future too, too. Like not cameos, but like people who were either small time enough that like you didn't know who they were, but they were going to be like Elijah Woods. In well, it. yeah, that was like his first movie, um, right? Yeah, so it was uh, what's his Billy Zane? Yes, Billy Zane was, yes, one, of he was the, one of the uh, gang members. The with, gang members with with Griff. Yeah. And then um, Needles uh, was Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, because, well, Flea has actually, he has an interesting resume as an actor. Yeah, he does. Like, this is before the Chili Peppers were big. Yeah. So he actually had more notoriety at the time for playing these bit parts than he did um, being a, a musician. And then it just kind of happened to be, like, the thing he loves became bigger. Right. You know, so it was good seeing Flea. He's even in the third one for a brief second at the at the end whenever he challenges Marty to... The road race. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So you're right. And then also like um what other you had like the the fake uh fake Michael Jackson, the Max Hedrum mm-hmm. and the eighties cafe. Obviously, like all everything in the future, it's like, hey, just make everything Max Hedrum, it's fine. I'd be cool with an eighties cafe. Yeah. Like if they did like an eighties thing. Where you could just work out on an exercise bike in the corner. Yeah. yeah. To Olivia Newton John. Yeah, sure. You yeah. know. And then also like uh with the Pepsi types, uh it was like what was it Pepsi uh, Diet Max and then Perfect. We've had Pepsi Max for a while now. Yeah, and they're releasing. It's it's just more as a was Pepsi Pex, Pepsi Max wasn't in Back to the Future, was it? Yeah, it's one of the the, the flavors listed in the eighties cafe. Really? Yeah. You know, you know, it's terrible. And I said this like four times before we got into this cast. I'm like, I really should have buckered buckled down and <laughs> buckered down, buckered buckered down and watched the the damn movie before we <laughs> talked about it because I haven't seen it in like a little while. But no, I'm like chinking through Arrow. So you're welcome, DC. Yeah. No, so you're, okay. So you're still sticking with Arrow? Yeah, I'm about four episodes into season three. I'm trying okay. to get caught up to current. So. Okay, because I, I know you said you kind of gave up yeah. on it for a minute. So, uh, yeah. Well, it's funny. Like, I, I took a little break and then I came back to it when, and because like I, I felt defeated. I don't want to get away from Back of the Future too much, but I felt defeated because like, <laughs> my God, like, like CW, they're just like, hey, can we get like three hundred more episodes of that show? Like, like <laughs> they're the exact opposite of modern television. Yeah, like where it's like our seasons are going to be sixty five episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> season one I picked up and I'm just like, oh, this is cool. I'll just knock it out real quick. It's only probably about ten episode pilot at first season. Nope, full twenty three episodes. I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah, there isn't so, too many show, too many shows out there anymore that do like hour long shows that do twenty three yeah. episodes. So, so yeah. That's been my that's my battle. That's my pick em choosing my watch what I watch battles. It's been arrow with my free time and I should have used some for Back to the Future too. But anyway. Um when we get time travel, you can come back and tell yourself about that. Yeah, I know. I should have just traveled back in time, watched it, and came back to this. So um there is a Ray Bradbury story called the Toy and Bee Convector mm-hmm. that is about these people that are waiting. It's like this like um idealized society. And supposedly because someone um, at the time had developed a way to go forward in the future and see how things are. And he came back and reported what he saw and how the world was this perfect place. Mm-hmm. And like, Hey, things are bad now, but look, I have proof that we're 
all going to be amazing. Let's go work towards it. And he, everybody bought in and made the world a perfect place. And so they're waiting for that day, kind of like tomorrow for Back to the Future Day. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for his trip so he can show, so they can show him, hey, this is what happened. So it could be like that self-realized, like yeah. closing the loop. And they had the guy there, and he was just kind of waiting with them. He showed him the time machine. Everybody knows the story. They waited. He didn't show up, and he's like, "I lied." Like basically, it was like I. It was a big ruse the entire time to basically tell everybody if you're capable of doing it, you can do it. So it was this whole big thing where he so he made means, society better, yeah, by lying by to lying them about it, and then they 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 inherently work towards that goal, so it would be what his reality was. Yeah, yeah, and it was just interesting. Like well, I thought, so that many was, we should, we should do a cast on Bradbury. There's so many good Bradbury stuff. I just thought that was kind of like it kind of fits in with what we were doing, and the whole thing is he gets in his machine, turns it on. And it doesn't do anything, but he ends up passing away, like, finally at the end. And it's like, the, like he actually just sits in the machine as it just, like, as he leaves this world, kind of. And, like, you brought up, um, you brought up once before, I don't know if it was back in time before we came back when we had technical difficulties or not. <laughs> but you, you, you brought up about how, like, you know, Back to the Future is a fun movie and you got to take it with, like, you know, a little science, no scientific, uh, like, like, theory about, like, if you do actually time travel, the damn earth moves. And you're not going to be in the same spot. You'd be floating in space. I put it in the same category as like Indiana Jones where it's a fun romp and there's just enough there to hold on to. Right. But if you think about some of the stuff a little too much, it's like... You're just like, eh. You're, you're going you're gonna to pick work. it apart. Right. You're going to pick it apart. But like um, what I was getting at was um, like what is your... Like, like for me, I have a hard time getting into time travel movies because of like I start to do that. Even if it isn't like... Even if it isn't like they should, they should be floating in space. I start to think about like, well, what about this butterfly effect? Yeah. Like, why can they just go around and just willy nilly kill people, and then it doesn't affect what happened in the past? Or yeah. oh, is this the only thing that happens? Is that this you know Marty disappears out of the picture? I'm like, what about like somebody that uh, he bumped into on the street and made them late for work? And also and like the, the photo like, wouldn't make sense because you don't gradually fade out of existence. Like it'd either be all or nothing, right? You you would think, right? That would right. be so. So you're going to ask me like, what are my my favorite? So yeah, time travel movies like because I have a hard time getting into time travel movies. Like it, even the last Terminator movie, like where they were jumping around time and mm-hmm. then they were going back referencing the changes in the other Terminator movies. It was just like, at least they were acknowledging that they're making divergent like realities. Like yeah. they're just like you think you know what happens, but we've broken off and this is what's. It's like it is like Back to the Future too, where they go back to the 85 that Biff created, right? Where like things just went wrong. But I feel like. I feel like like Back to the Future is guilty of this and some other time travel movies. I feel like when they break off of those those realities and they try they go to like Biff's reality. Mm-hmm. I feel like they can never go back to the original ever, but they always do somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, cuz I mean it doesn't cuz well, you know, the other thing too is like you don't really know ultimately when you get to the end of 3 if that is the same reality ultimately that they left because in original back to the future, Marty's family was kind of falling apart and like, you know, dysfunctional. Right. Right. So he goes back and changes things and suddenly they're all money grubbing happy. Right. And then, so is that even a true reality at that point? Right. Yeah. Doc then goes to that future, comes back, says things are going wrong. They try to fix it. And then, then Biff figures things out and comes back, whatever. So they get the almanac and then they get everything figured out and they, Marty goes back finally, like, you know, dressed up as Clint Eastwood. Is that reality even like the same as the one he left? Really? Right. I mean, you just kind of have you to assume know. it is. Well, they d- well no, because like if you look at there's so many subtle <laughs> uh, realities 
real or changes well, the twin the pine malls yeah, yeah. twin well, that's what i was getting at yeah. is the twin pine mall and the lone pine mall yeah because when he goes back to in the the original back to the future to watch doc get assassinated the name of the mall's changed because when he goes back in time he runs over those one, trees. one of the trees yeah yeah he runs over one of the trees in the farmer's yard and then it becomes the lone pine which yeah. I like how they don't really draw attention to it, but if you, it's right there. Yeah, there were so many like subtle things, and in, 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 um, and I think there was something too with the mayor, the guy who was the mayor. Yeah, Goldie something. Or not? Yeah. No, not Goldie Wilson. There was a guy that was currently the mayor. His name was Red something. Okay. And then when Marty comes back, there's a bum on the bench. That's oh, Lane, and that and his name's Red. Okay. So well, even in the third one, the original name of the ridge was like Barton Ridge, because a teacher had fallen to her death, and then. They saved the day because mm-hmm. he went as Clint Eastwood. Yeah. It's called Eastwood Ravine now when they come back to the future. And it's like it's named after him. Yeah. But it's just like this whole. It's like those little, little subtle bit. changes are cute and fine. But it's like for me, whenever I watch time travel movies, I'm like, this is way there's way too many paradoxes. So to- uh, my, my you're gonna, if you're going to ask me, like, what do my favorite like one I go back to? Yeah. Uh, Primer. I knew you were going to say Primer. Oh, why? I don't know. Just because I remember when Primer came out and we talked about it for like a week. <laughs> like, And I watched it and I was just like, it hurt my head. I know. And the thing is, like, you don't have to understand the second half of like all the things going on to get like yeah. what is actually happening. And I remember I watched it like years later mm-hmm. and came away with a different impression. I still really like it. And even when the writer, like the writer director, Shane Kruth is like, yeah, I'm not even really sure what's going on towards the there end. There was like a whole scene at the end where some guy just appears out of nowhere and they don't explain it. Well, they they do kind of explain it where it's like they said he must have gotten a hold of yeah. the device, but you don't, and they never, it's just, no. it, was, it was just it was, like, it was inciting hey, chaos. Yeah, it's like, hey, you confused? You're confused more. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, Primer, like, Primer the, wasn't a bad movie, but. The it, reason I liked it, and it's on Netflix, so please check it out, people, if you want yeah. something challenging time travel wise, because it deals with really short term time travel. Like, we're talking like. A couple of days. Yeah. And these guys try to, to use it to play the stock market, but they also try to avoid paradoxes. So when when they're in the box, they during that time when they're technically going back in time, their previous self, they're in a hotel room. So they're trying not to yeah. be... You know, and, cr- they, and they listen to like... They, they record events throughout the day and they listen to it so they know what happens so they don't slip So they up. fall on their own foot, yeah. footsteps. It's really... It gets really trippy. But for a movie that was made for like $15,000... It's it yeah. looks it looks decent. It's a good indie movie. Oh, it's it's yeah. a sci-fi indie movie that's that's cheap. That's a time travel movie. So I don't want that to take away Back to the Future. But like going back to like what you're saying, like with Marty and how his family changed. Like I know, I think I told you this that like originally because they cast they were originally they cast Eric Stoltz as Marty because of uh, Michael J. Fox doing Family Ties and things like that, and he didn't his schedule just didn't line up. But Zemeckis, Zemeckis was like, I gotta have Michael J. Fox, and he would do Family Ties in the day and then Back to the Future at yeah, night. They shot a lot oh, of stuff goodness. at night. Yeah, but um, originally, like Stoltz played Marty very depressed, and there yeah. was like a, there was like a whole scene that they did do that gave you this whole image that Marty was suicidal because of how much he hated his life and his family. And then, like, that kind of was, like, new. Like, they got rid of that. And when Michael J. Fox finally came back in, it got more lighthearted and, and, and comedic. So, I mean, was there anybody else from that time in the 80s that could have been Marty McFly? Who else did they have? Ralph Macchio was lined up. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he would have... There was somebody yeah. else, too. I can't remember who. He would have been okay, but I think... I think Foxes has an interesting charisma and comedic timing. Yeah, he does. I mean, I don't think Macho would have been the worst to no. have. But then you also have, like, there was also, like, Charlie Sheen 
I think it's probably a right age around that time too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, a lot of the Brat Pack. Yeah. I don't think any of I, Macho is probably the only one I heard, but they could have got a lot of the Brat Pack. Like like Corey Haim. Do you think he would have been a little too young for well, that? No, they they talked about Corey Haim, but it was like it was like one of those things. Like the the casting directors were like, nope. Like, Is it like problematic? It got brought yeah. up. It got brought up, but I remember reading that like 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 there were there were three guys that were in, and it was like it was Machio, Michael J. Fox, and like one other guy. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but I remember everybody was like, "Well, it was Corey Haim?" No, they didn't want Corey Haim. So. And so I just and also you think about Christopher Lloyd and like I mean he was known for Taxi, but mm-hmm. like he really wasn't like what else did he had done? Like I mean at that time. And and also that's another fact I like I read trivia about the eighties cafe, they show T V shows. Mm-hmm. Uh Family Ties was playing yeah. at one point and Cheer not Cheers Taxi was playing at another point too. So you had you both had the, of their shows. Their big shows. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um perfect. Like I mean, I know Christopher Lloyd can be he plays a, the same characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Even when he's Fester and Ab's family, he still has he still still has a weird Doc Brown like moments right. here and there of just like that mad scientist. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know, I think it's almost like Almost perfect casting. Yeah. And I mean, not that I guess it's easy to say that now. I can't he, really think of Christopher Lloyd as anybody but Doc Brown. I mean, I know he's played other stuff, but yeah. it's like it's that iconic role. Like if you met him in real life and you were like, hey, can I get a photo here? Can you put this lab coat on? Yeah. Like, just, just, yeah. He'd be like, no, I already have one on. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He'd just pull off his blazer and be like, oh, makes sense. <laughs> you should go back and at least watch parts of Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Because he plays one of the Klingons in it, oh. and it's weird seeing him in like the Klingon makeup. Because yeah. you know it's Christopher Lloyd, and when he's delivering like Klingon language, it's just like you just want him. It's just I don't know. It's like it's very much like you hear his voice, and it's very odd. So I told you this little Easter egg I found too. Speaking of Klingons and Star Trek, uh, Griff's complete outfit from Oh yeah, yeah. Back to the Future Two was pretty much pieced together from Star Trek: The Next Generation Klingon. Uh, uh, costumes that they used on the show. That's, that's so, awesome. Like, Cause like, if you look at his boots, if you look at like some of the stuff he's wearing, I'm like, like it's very like aggressive. Yeah. And then like, I went back and looked at it. And I'm like, that totally looks like something a Klingon would wear. And then think about it too. Like the, their newspapers had like uh, motion graphics on them. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, we didn't get that right, but they didn't foresee tablets. No. So it's like that's kind of like almost the same thing. We're constantly updating newsfeed, and then that, that stuff's going to happen. So. I, I get it. But I it's mean, just like, 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 like you know how Harry Potter does that with their newspapers. Not oh, to, not to jump in Harry Potter. You you've seen the Harry Potter movies? Yeah, uh, I've seen the first one once oh. years ago. Well, like all their newspapers, like are like the photos in the newspapers are like gifts. They're, oh, they're okay. like move for like a few seconds, but the, the new Apple iOS update, you can take those live photos where it's like it moves for like one second. Huh. So that's like the that's kind of the future. Okay. Know? So, uh, so um, other bits here I, I um, saw that I thought would be interesting to mention. Um, well, I thought it would be interesting just real quick to mention. So supposedly, whenever they leave the eighties and go to the future, it was October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five. I just did some quick research to see, just to kind of give you a snapshot of the world of what was going on then a little bit. Uh, number one song at that time was the Miami Vice theme. <laughs> uh, I number one film we had talked about this previously oddly enough is Commando, 
Like it was like the jagged edge was going to be the commando was number one. Yeah, like during the oh, that's right. The date, yeah, when they go commando because we did the barometer. Yeah, mind. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, um, as when the movie was set, that's which which is funny because Back to the Future was number one for the year, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just funny that commando because we talked about that wonderful masterpiece. Um, Playboy October 1985. Jerry Hall was the main model, and I thought that was interesting because not only was she like Mick Jagger's wife. She was the Joker's uh, um, like arm candy in the Batman movie with Jack Nicholson, where you don't know what happened to her face, but she had the mask on. Like so, so it was just like really. I don't know. I thought that was interesting that this model ends up in like another kind of iconic '80s movie, and she did some other stuff too. But it's like that. That also. Then what else do I have here? Oh, this is the thing I didn't tell you about. I found um, the cover story for TV Guide that week, mm-hmm. and it says, uh, "You'll like this." Why Magnum must get tougher and more passionate. The, yeah. <laughs> He's stealing water. Which was disproven, but it was still a funny story to think of Magnum and Higgins stealing water. Just flying in there with that island hopper chopper and stealing all the water. So um, I tried to find other stuff, but every time I Googled that date, all I would get was Back to the Future yeah, shit. Like, it was it's all, like yeah. saturated with the internet. We get it. So um, if you guys go, uh, if you guys are in Cleveland, I will tell you this. I tweeted it out. The side quest is going to have a DeLorean up there in Lakewood. Um, I would there. Uh, I guess you can get your picture in it. Okay. So if you if 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 you're listening to this on Wednesday, um, and you, you're on on top of stuff and you, and you get the new casts fresh and right out of the oven, go up to yeah, the hot side. And ready. Qu- you're hot and ready. Uh, go up to the side quest Wednesday night. Check out the DeLorean. I'm sure a lot of the movies on there. You can go up there and talk about how a gigawatt is um, a real thing and. There's probably no way you could transfer that much energy through a cable of across a, a, a yeah a, a for lightning, a lightning strike. A lightning yeah. strike. But anyway, oh, um, just, uh, other really random facts I thought you would find interesting um, in the future. Um, other things that were seen is a spinner from Blade Runner, so one of the cop cars from Blade Runners in the future, like when they're on the highway driving. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and then also the star car for Last Starfighter. That the the one guy drives down on Earth and picks up um, Alex and flies back off to wherever. That's also in there somewhere. Huh. So it's just kind of interesting. They had some other sci-fi vehicles. Well, they probably use a lot of the props because, like, the Hill Valley set was actually used in Gremlins and uh, another another movie, if I could remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was also made the same year, I think, something like that. Yeah, they just re- reused it. So. Yeah. so, okay. And then also, too, because I can't not talk about Rocket League, they're releasing a DeLorean Yes, uh, I think you told with me With the flip-up wheels, and then there, there's a boost that you can do where you show it like turbo. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the flame tracks. Yes. And I, it's like four bucks. Shut up and take my money, because I want to get a freaking DeLorean <laughs> and play car soccer with it. It's going to be a good time. That's that's how you get it. I mean, you know, microtransactions with those skins. I mean, I know I roll my eyes at it, and I'm just like, I'm going to play the game for free. But there's times when I'm, like, playing uh, Heroes of the Storm, and they come out with a clever skin, like the new um, medic for... Um, the 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 new hero the the medic from Starcraft is out okay and um one of her skins she looks like Samus okay and I was like that's clever they're yeah. not actually like kind of infringing on anything but the color scheme and everything it's, it's like, like close it's, enough it's totally Samus yeah um so, so uh, you I'm gonna call you on the carpet here real quick and we're gonna wrap this up but you have problems with time travel yeah but you love Doctor Who yes 
That dude screws with time all the time. Oh, yes, he does. All day, every day. All day, every day. And he wanders around. Talk about butterfly effects. I think I think Doctor Who is a little bit more silly. I think the funnier time travel gets, the easier it is to kind of forgive the butterfly effect, at least for me. But even then, like, so I'm not as far along as um, as Joe is with Doctor Who, and I will... I feel like when I get caught up, we'll probably talk more in depth about it at that time. Yeah. But there's a whole brief storyline where they're in Vesuvius before right. um, before Pomp- the Pompeii yeah. explosion. And he, and he basically argues, he says, there's certain things that I can't change. They have to happen. Fixed point in time. But yeah. then he tries to fight against it, but then realizes that he's the reason it happens. So it's like this weird, like thing where it's like he ends up saving the day but causing this big destruction because otherwise it was going to destroy the right. entire earth so it's like that's pretty serious and heavy i i like but then that he goes and hangs out with writers and he's like Woo-hoo, we'll have a silly adventure right. yeah he's like paint pictures of, of me picasso so yeah um <laughs> yeah i know but like with that i think the heaviness and the silliness you know, they kind of like, you know, when it does heavy, when you think about that, you'd be like, yeah, that would be a fixed point. I'm like, there's no way you could change that. It's, it's, it's fate. You know, like, um, uh, like Terminator always has that whole thing with Judgment Day. It can't be changed. It can't, it's a fixed point. It can always be time. delayed, but Judgment Day is coming. Delayed, yeah. and you're, you can tiptoe around it. You could dress it up, whatever. I like that idea better than like, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm going to go back in time on an ice bridge and kill a dinosaur before it falls in a, uh, a tar pit and then i big game hunted but then i accidentally stepped on a butterfly and then i just changed all of time <laughs> so, so you, you've seen the simpsons treehouse of terror where homer has the the uh toaster that he keeps going back in time with the time toaster mm-mm. and he ends up always back in dinosaur times and then he always is like trying to because like he's only back as far as like it takes to make toast and then he comes back to the future right <laughs> and so like at one point he's like just trying to be real careful and then he something happens where he sneezes on something, and then you see all these animals start dying. And then so the future's really messed up. So he keeps showing him over and over again, trying to fix it. Over and at one point, he just gets angry and grabs a club and starts just hitting everything he can. <laughs> and so this whole thing, like he's trying not to cause the butterfly effect, right? But he's just making it worse and worse. Yeah, the butterfly effect thing is is scary. And like I just I don't know if anybody knows like the sound of thunder was uh, uh, yeah, distant sound of thunder. Distant That's sound a, of thunder yeah. is what I was talking about with the dinosaur being killed. Um, but like. Um, yeah, like Doctor Who, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't look at it like, like time travel. I, I guess I look at it like more of as like a fun story with time travel rather than a seriousness. I don't know. Well, they're like, what about Quantum Leap? Which is like one of my favorite TV shows of all time, which I feel like Quantum Leap is probably American Doctor Who. Like, yeah. Cause you got like, you know, well, even you back got this the, guy bouncing around. He has a constant companion. Well, even, and, well, even back to the future is American Doctor Who. Cause you have Doc Brown. And then you have his companion, Marty. That's true. And, I mean, if you want to go, I, I, I feel like we can't talk about Doc, uh, uh, Back to the Future without talking about Rick and Morty, too. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Like, Rick and Morty, like, like Morty, like, they even were just like, hey, we, need, we can't say Marty, so let's, yeah. just, let's call him Morty. Like, if, if, you have, if you haven't watched Rick and Morty, you, you need to get on that. Because, I, I mean, it was kind of one of those things, like, that I kind of heard about in passing, and then when they put it on Hulu... I was just like, this show is amazing. So I guess that's the big takeaway is like, if you like Back to the Future, but you're um, a little bit more of a dark individual, go watch Rick and Morty. And it's like alcoholic Doc Brown (laughs) dragging like constantly paranoid and 
sometimes stupid, but usually kind of aware Pro- of what's going on. Probably Eric, Eric Stoltz Marty. <laughs> yes, there you <laughs> that's, go. That's who Morty is, is Eric Stoltz Marty. <laughs> yes. I so. wouldn't say Rick and Morty's dark. It does oh, get, it, it gets no, really dark. It, it does get really dark, but I think like it's the comedy is still always there on all cylinders. I, I think we should have a discussion at some point of this modern uh, thing. Not modern as in like, I mean, there's a recent trend where there's entertainment that is like side-splittingly funny that has a real emotional core to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Rick and Morty has that. Like Bojack Horseman has that. I think that's something we need to have a talk about where it could be entertaining, but also like, I kind of just want to cry now. I don't know what's oh, going yeah. on. Yeah, Rick and Morty's hit me in the feels a few times. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, sorry. Don't want to pull away from Back to the Future too much, but that's that's a lot <laughs> so of Back Spider-Man. to the Future stuff. We're yeah. Talk- yeah. <laughs> 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 I think we're just going to change the intro to the, 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 the 60s spi- spider bump 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 It's this week on Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Are you going to go see it tomorrow in the theater? Like, because I know they're going to have some showings of uh, not Spider Man, but Back to the Future. No, I got actually. Um, uh, I got to work tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. I'm tomorrow morning. Not tomorrow morning. Thursday morning, I'm leaving to go to Washington D.C. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're going to go petition uh, for more, uh, more for less time travel. Movies. I'm trying to get my Star Wars tickets fixed. That's what I'm, doing. <laughs> I'm like, hey. Like, I need something a little sooner, maybe something a little closer to the screen. Yeah, go to your congressman. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. doing. I'm not messing around with letters or emails, because <laughs> email, the internet already screwed me once. I like it. Um, so, yeah. So, fight the power. Yeah. No, no. We're, we're going there for, like, a vacation like type thing. We've okay. been there before, but it's it's nice in the, in the, in the fall. Um, right. So, um, yeah. Uh, that I think... Also, if you guys have thoughts, feelings... Um, opinions about Back to the Future, uh, any of them, I guess. Even the cartoon. We didn't even talk about the cartoon. Or like whatever, what time travel stuff do you like? Do you, you know, you, are you a Doctor Who fan or are you a fan of Primer? Are you a fan of Terminator? Are you a fan of, uh, who else oh, time travels? Uh, time, time Bandits. Time Bandits. Are you a, fr- you a fan of them? I don't, I don't know. What else we got? Um, anyway, yeah. so we came up, I came up with, uh, since it's Nintendo's 30th birthday, um, it's officially over the hill or old. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm over like, 30. Yeah, we're, just, we're both over 30. I'm, anyway. I'm wheezing. If like Joe's calling it, here's the prediction. He was kind of right about the Fantastic Four thing last week. <laughs> he may be right about next week where I might be a zombie next week. Like I, We'll still cast. I have something going on. I'm I don't gonna, know what it is. I'm going to tie Paul up like, like Shaun of the Dead style in my shed and play video games with him. We're just going to listen to Queen songs. It's going to be he's, a good time. He's just going to he's gonna moan and growl into the mic, and I'm just going to have I'll it. probably do doing better at video games then than I do now. Just kind of just pressing the controllers with my finger. So my, yeah, it's anyway. it's it's Nintendo's thirtieth birthday this week, and it's also Halloween. And so I came up with a little game for Paul to try and guess what eight bit game this theme song or song is from. And they're okay. all and they're all spooky, spooky. So I'm gonna play the first one for you, and some of them will probably be easier. I'm sure you get them, but uh, this one. That's not Castlevania. No, it's not. Is it Ghouls and Ghosts? Nope. I don't. It's a game called Doctor Chaos. I don't know that. So. Yeah, it's a really weird, obscure one um, where you play the brother of some like mad scientist, and you have to go through his like spooky mansion and that's, stop him from. That's his, a good like, little riff. Story. I like that. That was yeah. cool. Um, all right, here. This one. This one. I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit easier one. Is 
Is that Ghouls and Ghosts? That is Ghouls okay. and Ghosts. Or Ghosts, ghosts and Goblins. Goblins sorry. Because they did Ghouls and Ghosts on the... Uh, the um, Super Nintendo? Super Nintendo. Yeah. So, um, well, let's try something. Here, let's try this one. It's a little harder. I didn't know Flashdance was a, like a video game. I know. That one's not like really spooky. Yeah. That was for Uninvited. Oh. So Uninvited was, was on a couple of different formats, but it was on the NES. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those games where you walk around and you go... I, I don't want to say like mist. It was like a mist of its day where you would just see a, a frame and you Was would, it like... Um, oh, shoot. I know what you're talking about. It was like, like there was um, like an actual... It was like first person, but yeah. you'd walk into each room and yeah, it's you had like options. That. It was kind of like a not seventh guest. That's not right, but there's another. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like okay. seventh guest, but like the the cover was like this skeleton with like cre- crazy eyes, and he had this weird <laughs> Victorian outfit on him. So, um, Shadowgate. That's what I was thinking of. Like Shadowgate. Shad- well, Shadowgate was kind of more sci-fi fantasy. It yeah, but I mean, it's still scary. like that. Each room you walked into. Yeah, you but okay. Shadowgate was like that. Yeah. Um, so let's see if you know this one. Nightmare on Elm Street? No. It's not. Friday the 13th? No. A Boy's Blob. A Boy's Blob. I don't know. I think this kind of gives it away for like the rest of them. But no, this is Castlevania 3. Oh, shoot. Yeah. See, I was going to guess Castlevania for all of them, but I knew I'd eventually be right. <laughs> Castlevania. Castlevania. Yeah. Um, Castlevania 3 was like really cool because you got the companions. You remember that? Oh, you could also... It wasn't that the one we could switch... Characters. Yeah, you could yeah. switch guys, and like yeah. you didn't always have to play the guy because like for, you could be Alucard, you could be yeah. a Belmont, you could be a weird ghost guy. There was like a wizard that, yeah. that like had a wand, but then you would get like different spells, and then there was a guy that could climb on all the walls. Yeah, that guy was crazy. I used to get into so many like tight spots and get him stuck because <laughs> I would just try to climb on everything. Yeah. Like they would just let you climb on whatever. Um, here, let's try this one here. Oh, here you go. doesn't sound spooky it sounds like it's kind of hip yeah dude a lot of these 8-bit games are kind of hip is this is this nightmare on the street no uh that was maniac mansion oh okay well no remember, wonder like yeah Mani- i used to play maniac mansion yeah. a lot i never could get past a lot of the puzzles some of the humor though still holds up yeah like it's weird and it's funny and it was like i remember uh i remember getting past like so many of those things and then there was like that tentacle in the basement that you could never get past and like you had to Give it something, you feed it something, and it will let you. It pass liked it. wax, like wax fruit, I think. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Well, why there I was a that. lot of things you had to feed, and they liked all kinds of weird, different yeah. things to eat. Um, Do you remember the Maniac Mansion television series? Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's see if you know this one. This one might be easy. Oh, that's Master Blaster. No. Okay, then what is it? That's that's the original Castlevania. Oh, okay. The first level in the original oh, Castlevania. Okay. So I thought because the third one that I just played there, it did oh. a little twist on it. Like you could kind of hear the same score. Um, let's see. What about this one here? Oh, I should know this. 
Is this Friday the 13th? This is Friday the okay. 13th. Yeah, that would yeah. just scare me some more. <laughs> well, we were talking about how they're doing that Kickstarter for the yeah. Friday the 13th game. This is the original one. I would love to see some type of like version of this song come back into it. Yeah, because this is like when you're like running around and, and stuff. But I watched on YouTube when I was researching this. Somebody had a whole playthrough, and and it was making me angry watching this person play through it because they 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 did it so easily with Grace and never got hit by Jason. <laughs> and like I would play for ten minutes and be dead, and I'd yeah. be like, Meh. so. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, I got a couple more. Let's. Uh, did I do this one yet? No, he didn't. I'll give you a clue on this one. This is a sequel, and the first one was originally on a Game Boy. Oh, Gargoyle's Quest? Yes. Gargoyle's Quest 2. Wow, I, I'm surprised I know that. Yeah. I never played those, but Nintendo Power, reading all about it. <laughs> so that was Gargoyle's Quest. Um, all right, let's see. What about this one here? That's really faint. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I'm just trying to just trying to pump it up, but I don't want to, like, whatever next one you play is going to kill us, so I don't want to, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's Fester's Quest. Oh, right. Like That, I, that is one of the hardest goddamn games oh that's ever God, existed. Oh, my God, it was. I, I remember Fester's Quest was always in Nintendo Power for, like, probably a good couple months because they would always put the maps in there for all the different levels. Yeah. So. I got fairly far in that game, but if you died, you were done. Like you couldn't, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't save it. You no, yeah, no codes. That was it. All right, this one might be a little. And it mixed open world, like walking around uh-huh. with we- these weird labyrinth. Like you had to walk into an office building and do like a first person like walkthrough of a building. Which on Nintendo it was just screens. Yeah, and it was like, and if you well, got turned around, you couldn't remember where you were going. Well, that's how was, yeah. that, that's how uninvited and um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth was when you went in the cabin. Oh my goodness, I, I, hated, I hated that part. Yeah. All right, let's see if you need this one. Oh my goodness. I should know this, but I feel like I want to go on an adventure right now. This is an adventure. Like with like a talking cat. I want to go on an adventure with like, and and go see majestic mountains and be friends (laughs) and fly on a carpet. I don't know. Uh, that was Castlevania 2. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. That was when you go See, into the woods. See, my strategy of saying Castlevania for every one of them, I would have gotten three right. <laughs> that was when, uh, yeah, that's when you go into the woods. Um, I think I have one more. Let's do this one. Did I do this one? No. Nothing. Got nothing. No, it's Monster Party. Oh, see, I don't. I never played Monster Party, but I know that was like it had all the Universal guys on it. Okay. So, but ain't no party like a Monster Party. Ain't no party like Monster Party. All right, so that's those are all those. Wow, I did terrible with that. Yeah. I, I was waiting for you to start playing like an 8-bit version of music from American Moral from London and just, like, terrify me. <laughs> like, what's that? I'm like, or or that um, that uh, you're going to find the Amiga music for Friday the 13th on the Amiga, 
where it was just the teddy bears have a picnic. <laughs> uh, I think that's the music. Yeah. It was terrifying. That game scared me as a, ch- a child. So those were the the spooky 8-bit songs <laughs> of Nintendo back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. And I don't know them. So uh, anyway, uh, hit us up on... Um, on Facebook, because uh, I know Joe has that one picture about the Running Man and Back to the Future. That's that's funny, yeah. um, and also we should probably link the the Jaws nineteen trailer on yeah, there. Uh, I'll get it up. And then we have our, our Twitter. It's Evading Podcast Twitter. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Please interact. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, retweet stuff for us too. Like maybe get the show out there a little bit. That'd be helpful. Um, and also we have an email address. It's Evading Podcast Gmail, um, and you know. Write to us there. Like the Howard the Duck fan wrote to us. That was fun. We like that interaction. <laughs> yeah. So, and we, you know, we've been so severely lacking in Howard the Duck information. So maybe that's why I th- he has not written back. Well, yeah, I think Secret Wars has got Howard the Duck all hung up right now. So, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. so next week, if I'm not dead, or will I be dead, we're going to talk about zombies. Because yeah. um, we're, we're like right there up against Halloween. Yeah. And I know like... We almost kind of threw zombies in the monster mix, but I was like, "No, nah, we got to give them their own. They're they're huge nowadays. They're, they're it's a the, large crowd of them. The slowly bee, coming towards us. The bees knees. Yes, <laughs> as the kids say. As the kids say, the bees knees. So um, I think that's going to do it yep. for us. Um, any, anything else? Any last words? Anything famous? <sighs> no famous quotes. Um, okay. Don't butterfly effect things. If you do go back in time, just observe. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, we will leave you with Mr. Lewis and the news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>